Every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Austin's not playing along here. I know. We've it's come not. up with these great ideas for his incriminating audio, and he's just shooting R-rated. them down. I, he is just shooting them down. I have, a, say, I have a loyalty to my child to keep my job. You can say I'm the, sorry. You can say the word nipples on the radio. You can. <laughs> this, I mean, you can lose good. your job. It's This is incriminating audio. You've got to do it. And that's I like, don't want to talk about that, the Dern Wahoos. By the way, that word is like the G-rated word that was suggested during the break. If we took a, a tally of all the words that were suggested by both of you derelicts, <laughs> we Not were just true. talking about piercings. That's all. It's a it's a normal thing. And in that's a, that's between me and HR. Wow, Austin's giving us some pushback here, Gordon. He sure Weird. is, man. Here, you and I have all these through all these times. You know, we get stuck with these incriminating audio things. We about just, parking just, stall we, lines. We, we, and the Beatles and the Wahoos, not your body parts and your family's body parts. Oh, we didn't say anything about any family member's body parts. You mentioned family members and body parts. But in it the wasn't same referring to their that's, body parts. That's your opinion. Parts. Wow. <laughs> See, not only not is what, Austin, that's not what I meant to say. Not, look, not only is Austin being resistant, he's, he's being uh, defiant. Very defiant. Yep. He's threatening to get HR involved. That's yep. unnecessary. No. Yeah, that, 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 that threw water Hashtag all over it is. We're, here we are having a little fun. Next thing you know, we're getting threatened. Yeah, that's what DeMarcus Cousins told the Kings, too. He was just having a little fun. He was only hazing uh, Nick Stauskas. <laughs> oh, so now we're hazing. Now we're, we're not hazing. This is a bet. <laughs> And, by the way, it's not like you're ever going to have to play it ever. Cause it, right, it's so why just would I get, say it in the first place? It's just going to get buried in the archives. You could just no, say it once. No, that's part of it. He's got to play I'm not doing anything body parts. You can, you can cross that off the list. I've never asked either of you to mention anything about body parts once. And I never will. Because it's icky. Uh, r- remind me, will you, Jake, who compiled the uh, the Monson Dirty Mind uh uh, uh, collection. I didn't hmm. ask you to do that. Hmm, that that might be our good friend Austin. Yeah, I'll never play it again. I'm sorry. What do you mean? People didn't know I crossed good, the line. Sorry about people, that, Gordon. People pay good money to hear. That. I won't play it anymore. I'll delete it right now. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get to what's going on. We will get to Austin's <laughs> incriminating audio coming up. Uh, let's uh, let's start with DJ and PK. They had Matt Thomas, uh, who used to be in this market. Love Matt. Uh, great, great dude. Uh, he does uh, the Houston Cougars pre and post game show. We ta- uh, came on with those guys this morning to talk about it. Uh, here you go. We watched Houston play Tulane, and for 20 minutes, it clearly looked like Houston's first game, and there were nerves, yep. and there were mistakes, and there were turnovers, and then they right. settled in, and Tulane blew a big lead to Houston, just like they blew a big lead to Navy. So we're kind of writing Tulane off and thinking, how good is Houston? What do you know? What can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, I don't think Tulane is very good. 
Uh, Dana Holgerson does a weekly segment with me on my radio show here, and he just said that even Willie Fritz, the coach of the Green Wave, basically said that uh, U of H pushed him around in the second half. So physicality was a huge part of it. And I think that even Dana told me yesterday that that will not be the case with BYU uh, coming up on tomorrow night. So I would say that once the Cougars calm down and actually realize there was actually a game to play, they just distorted him in the second half. you got to remember, boys, the Cougars, our Cougars, uh, have been trying to play a football game for over a month. Between cancellations and COVID testing, a um, variety of teams, they have been multiple canceled uh, and to the frustration of all of us that are followers of the program. So it was just nice to play a football game. It just got off to a really lousy start falling behind 24-7. But once they calmed down, it was all Cougars in the second half. So one of the numbers that jump out of that game is receiver uh, Marquez Stevenson. He's the AAC Player of the Week. Uh, 118 yards, uh, a kickoff return, which really is something that he does with uh, fairly decent regularity. So my thought for you is how good is he? Pat, he will be the most electrifying player on the field for the Cougars uh, in this game and has been for a better part of a year. Uh, He is, first of all, a terrific special teams player. He, to me, and this is what you'll notice tomorrow when you watch the game, he is great after the catch. He has a burst of energy that is just absolutely fantastic. Pro scouts have figured that out. His only problem is he sometimes has a hard time holding out on the football. Cough went up in the game against Tulane uh, last Thursday. So if he gets that under control, it's going to be fun to watch him move up and down the field. Uh, Dana told me yesterday that he ran probably on a long touchdown pass that, he threw, that Clayton Toon threw to him that – it was the best route run he'd ever had in his short time at the University of Houston. So he is a dual threat player. He will get to the end zone. You just don't want him to get in his own way by not holding onto the football. So Stevenson has the five catches for 118 yards. Those are the kind of numbers you look for when you're scanning a box score. But when I scan the box score, nobody runs for 60 yards. Nobody other than Stevenson had passes uh, had passes count for more than 50 yards. Uh, Clayton Toon's 319 yards. Okay, that's a big round number. That jumps out of me. But this is this really Toon and Stevenson and then team and take what the yeah. defense gives you? Or is there yeah. another guy lurking that didn't have numbers in this game and could be big time against BYU? Um, I would keep an eye on Mobacar. He's had a good couple of years, had a couple of touchdowns yesterday. Uh, you know, as, as far as Dana's offense is concerned, it's more about the, the passing game than there's anything else. Kyle Porter was pretty good, but there's going to be nobody that you will see that you will go, oh, my goodness, BYU's defensive line's in a world of hurt. Uh, they will rotate probably six different running backs over the course of the game. That's how Dana's done it in the past, and I think he'll certainly do it here. Uh, for me, one thing to keep an eye on is Clayton Toons. Pretty good running quarterback, doesn't do it a lot. The only thing that's held him back in years past, guys, is the fact that he's also been injury-prone. So they like him to run. They're just really particular about when he does it. And you got to realize, this is a young man in Clayton Toon, the quarterback, that has never been a full-time starter because he's always been the second-team good team uh, on the backup, ready to go whenever you need me. This is his first opportunity as a collegiate football player to be the guy, and I think he wants to be on the field as much as possible. So while I think it's really cool that he's able to run the ball and has done a very good job of it the last couple of years backing up a variety of different quarterbacks, it's been the injury. So... To give you a long-winded answer, the running game will be good, but not spectacular. But keep an eye on Tuna and what he can do and his capability. 
You speak of uh, guys being injury prone, and I think Holgerson said there's a bunch of guys that are dealing with issues, and we yeah. know that the games have been postponed. What's the state of the team as far as health goes? The last number I heard was 15 to 20. Now, again, yeah. guys, let's be honest. That, that could be a lot of coach speak there. Uh, as you know, they don't have to help our injury reports in, pro, in college football like you do in pro. So when we get to the stadium tomorrow, it'll be, uh, as your guess is as good as mine, uh, what that is. Uh, from what I've been told, it's a lot of first game uh, soreness and what type of thing. It's not like, you know, uh, torn ACLs and concussions and shoulder injuries and whatnot. But to me, I, Pat, I was in the same spot when you were. When I heard that number, I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me one game against Tulane uh, in October cost you that much? So uh, that goes to what I think will probably happen with the rotation running backs. It feels like to me a lot of guys got their first looks. And they very well could be the same situation this week. So if you're doing a depth chart on this game, which I don't know if your audience is or not, I'd have it wide open because there could be a lot of different players getting some playing time. All right, there's that's Matt Thomas does the pre and post game show for uh, the Houston Cougars. Used to be on the air here in Salt Lake. Great guy, uh, terrific analysis right there. And that that should make um, BYU fans a bit nervous because they're going to see the most athletic team they've seen thus far, and that uh, is kind of where we're wondering if they're vulnerable. Well, he said that uh, he said that the whole health situation is is wide open. I think the whole scenario is wide open because we still don't know what the Houston Cougars are. I mean, like they talked about, the beginning of that game, they looked like a, a horrible team, and as the game progressed, they looked pretty good. So I, I'm not sure we have enough evidence, and Matt was talking about that, that Tulane's really not very good. So what do we have with the Cougars? Uh, well, <laughs> I think uh, it'll be uh, informative for BYU as well because they're not sure. Well, we know Dana Holgerson is a good coach. Yes. He's, he's got a track record uh, a mile long, so I would guess they're going to face a pretty prepared Houston team. And if they've got a lot of athletes, BYU's going to have to figure out a way to deal with that. Well, I would guess that BYU will still overmatch Houston up front, which is going to be their advantage. And BYU's got an experienced quarterback. That could also be their advantage. So, the speed thing will be an issue, I think. Speed's going to meet strength a little bit in this game and mm-hmm. what, what comes out on top. And sometimes strength has won it for BYU, and they've definitely lost some games to speed in the past. So I, I like this matchup. This, I, I really am, am very much looking forward to this game. Check me if I'm wrong on this, but wasn't Holgerson the coach at West Virginia when they played BYU? A few uh, years yes. Ago? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so weird he left West Virginia for Houston. Yeah, so he he knows what it's like to beat BYU. So I don't know. This this is obviously the most interesting game of the year for the Cougars thus, thus far, far. Certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. no doubt. And we're gonna we're gonna it's it's going to be an educational experience. Well, they you alluded to this before, but their game against Tulane just didn't help much because Houston. Matt elsewhere in the interview mentioned how many days it had been since they started camp, Gordon, mm-hmm. and actually been able to step on the football field. And it was like it was it was like two and a half months or something crazy. I mean it it might have even been more. And so you can't the team gets off to a slow start. Are we are we really that surprised? And then when they settled down, they really looked good. So I I don't know what to take from that because I don't think Tulane's terrific. So I don't know, but the way that game went, 
I'd, I'd guess Houston is is better than they showed in that game. Well, yeah, well, we're going to find out a lot about both teams, and, and so that's 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 a cool scenario. Really, I like it. I I like not being able to predict what's going to happen. Well, yeah, that's those are the best games to watch, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Exactly. Okay, coming up, we're going to get to our third cut from Larry Scott uh, and John Canzano coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty, the Zone. With you, Austin. I think we could all use that, frankly. Uh, welcome back. It's Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. Sam Amick will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll uh, we'll put a wrap on the NBA season with Sam uh, coming up, so make sure we're in. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and e, um, Ashley Adamson of the Pac-12 Network will be with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, Gordon. But let's uh, con- good. let's continue on with our, our Larry Scott uh, sound clips here uh we've been playing what larry had to say on ktar down in phoenix in an interview where where the host did a good job they pressed him pretty well and uh, uh of course john canzano came on with us earlier this week and had some things to say so we've kind of been uh, contrasting those two takes uh let's uh let's go with larry here's him talking about the pac-12 network and uh, what's going on with that Larry, you mentioned earlier the the, the Pac-12 network, uh, and obviously, it, and you're well aware, that's been one of the things that you've been criticized most about is the inability to get it on direct TV. Uh, but with the layoffs, with the fact that with the truncated schedule, there won't be any football games on Pac-12 networks uh, until that week seven. Uh, are, are we led to believe with everything in that in that scenario that the Pac-12 network is hanging on by a thread? And if, if you could do it all over again, would you have approached the construction of that network any differently? Yeah, well, first of all, this year is a unique year. Um, so we're not we're going to have slightly more than half the football games we normally have. We're going to have less basketball games that we normally have. So what we're doing this year to maximize exposure, maximize revenue, uh, for the members is like like most businesses trying to figure out a way through this year in the most efficient way possible. Um, so the, the short people shouldn't read too much into the short term and what makes sense when you've got less games mm-hmm. um, than you'd normally have and, and the best way to deal with that. Um, and also, you know, we're trying to be as efficient as possible. And unfortunately, that's led to layoffs. Uh, that's led to furloughs. Um, like most of our campuses are dealing with and most of our athletics departments are dealing with in different ways. So we're trying to carry out the most important priorities on behalf of our members, but also be good stewards of the resources and and tighten our belt and have to make some tough decisions, unfortunately, uh, with people as part of that process. Uh, But we're trying to align with the general approach of our campuses and our uh, members' athletics departments. Um, In terms of the network itself, it's achieved a lot of what its objectives were. Um, We have 850 events. We give more exposure uh, to our sports than any other conference is able to. Um, provides a lot of you know great storytelling and exposure. It has not reached its full potential for sure in terms of distribution. I know the DirecTV issue has been a huge uh, irritant for fans that have it and weren't willing to switch 
to the several other networks in every market that have it. Um, and so, yeah, it hasn't reached its full potential in a, in a, in a challenging market. Uh, but the value of our underlying rights, keeping control, the fact that all our rights are going to become available in 2024, I think will put us in a much more advantageous position than other leagues that you know sold their rights to media companies uh, for the next decade or so. Um, so I, I think over time, um, the approach that we took will you know be very beneficial for the members has already provided tremendous benefit in a lot of respects for many of our sports. Uh, but, it, you know, I realize it hasn't reached its full potential and it's been, you know, uh, really bothersome uh, for fans and, uh, you know, that, you know, one major carrier hasn't picked it up. Uh, if we could do it over again, which is part of your question, mm-hmm. you know, we, um, if we were going to have a network, um, you know, there was no guarantee that we'd get on every carrier. Um, so, you know, uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I'm sure there are things we could have done differently, might have made different trade-offs, uh, but there's certainly been a lot of benefits our members have gotten by having the network, and I think what we'll see in 2024 is um, the wisdom of keeping our rights and owning and controlling this ourselves and being able to adapt to a rapidly changing media landscape where there's now a lot of streaming, a lot of tech companies involved. Uh, the benefit of what we've done in controlling our rights will become apparent to everyone. All right, that was Larry Scott on KTAR. Could that guy hold Still off holding. on? Oh, go ahead. Could that guy hold off on Eaton for just a minute? <laughs> Not the commissioner of the Pac-12 on the phone. Do you really need to be? I'm telling you. It's a... The host is over there. When you uh, got a hankering, you got a hankering, man. It's like uh, it's like the uh, Snickers bar commercials. We, um, we take three breaks an hour. I'm sure there's something similar. Let me just ha- hold the phone. Larry Scott's on the phone. I mean, he might not be a real popular commissioner, but he is the dern commissioner of the Pac-12. I think you could hold off ingesting those pork rinds or whatever <laughs> for ten minutes. <laughs> well, so Larry, be uh, for me, tell me about the <laughs> Pac-12 network. Larry, I'm having a late lunch, buddy. Uh, anyway, uh, anywho. <laughs> Uh, I, it's the- I, I can appreciate that. But Larry is still hanging on to that, all oh, the future is brighter BS. Yeah, it's still the same spin. I, that's interesting. Because, John, uh, and we're going to play Canzano's clip. In fact, let's get to it. But, yeah, same stuff from Larry, no doubt. Here's John. Yeah, I mean, I think we look back to the narrative that they have created, and the narrative they've created is that they were forward-thinking, that they wanted to own their own rights and all of that. But I talked to people who were there when the network was formed, the Pac-12 had no choice. They tried with ESPN. They tried with Fox. They even tried with the Discovery Channel, Shark Week, or whatever it is. And no, there were no takers. Nobody was interested in the Pac-12 network or the Pac-12 content at that time. And so the Pac-12 decided to set out on its own. And the problem being that none of the presidents or chancellors, none of the people involved at conference headquarters had ever started a network before. So they made some mistakes. Obviously, we've all seen those. Distribution included and you know it's really been a mixed bag and now you know as you pointed out as i was coming on they've got no inventory now all of these games that are on the schedule currently prior to championship weekend are all going to be on espn or fox or fs1 the championship game on december 18th will be carried by fox so that leaves five games that the pac-12 network will maybe be in play for but i'm told espn abc will get first crack at those games. So it's going to be leftovers, maybe one or two games at most for the Pac-12 network this season. So I think it's it's 
pretty disappointing from from a network standpoint. So, John, why? Why did none of the networks want to uh, partner up with the Pac-12 in that regard? I just think that you look at the national landscape, and we all care about Pac-12 sports. I care about it. I want it to be good. I watch it. But there just isn't an appetite nationally in, in the same way that the SEC or the Big Ten in particular, and maybe a lot of the Big 12 schools currently, they've got a real passion for their teams. You look at the sizes of the stadiums. Stadiums in the Big Ten and in the SEC are larger than most of the stadiums in the Pac-12. You look at the fan bases, even with DirecTV mess, we're all frustrated by it. Can you imagine LSU and Alabama fans and Georgia fans if they were told their games weren't going to be available on DirecTV? They would have thrown Molotov cocktails through the windows. I just think it's a supply-demand thing, and the Pac-12 is viewed largely by those networks as a leftover or an add-on. And, and if they were going to partner with the Pac-12, uh, th- that would be one thing. But I think they were far more interested in just carrying some games, and that's ultimately what they decided to do. They didn't want to televise all of the Olympic sports or the women's basketball. There's just no demand for that. That was John Canzano uh, from talking about his reporting from our show on Tuesday. Austin, is that correct? Tuesday? So telling so, a very different story than Larry Scott. In fact, saying the narrative Larry Scott uses is actually false and kind of a lie. Yeah, yeah. And we spent a lot of time on that the other day. But, Jake, the very thing, the very sort of uh, uh, the best part of what the Pac-12 network has accomplished is the part that the networks that might have partnered with them wanted nothing to do with. Yeah. I mean, you heard Larry Scott brag about that. and <laughs> But that's, that's what, uh, you know, took their legs out from under them. I don't know. I th- this whole thing has been screwed up from the beginning, and I, I believe what John Canzano said that uh, nobody over there had really started a network before, and they didn't know what they were doing. Yep, and nobody wanted a piece of it. Nobody thought it was going to be lucrative uh, enough to invest in. And and Larry uh, Scott talks about how the the other leagues don't have to pay rent or for facilities or all those sorts of things. Well, that's all all the reasons that they were looking for a partner in the first place. Yeah. So. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't know how much the, the ideologue gets in there too. Cause there is that with PAC 12, right. Where they uh, value the Olympic sports and want to put those on TV. And, and I get those kind of values, I suppose, coming from university presidents, they're not business CEOs, they're presidents of universities. And so that's always going to come into play, but how much did that, you know, push away ESPN because they don't want to broadcast any of that stuff. So there's well, a lot of uh, unanswered questions, certainly. The president, yeah, that's what Larry was bragging about. That's what I was referring to earlier. Look at what we can show on our network. Well, the very things that uh, major networks want nothing to do with. Which, so, which even, he's talking to his bosses right there. He's not talking to the fans. Well, and even, certainly bilking uh, Pac-12 fans to pay, you know, for television packages that air the Pac-12 network. And uh, basically ripping them off by not putting on the programming they want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's remarkable to hear Larry Scott spin stuff. I mean, he does it almost every time. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I can understand to some extent why he does that. It's just that I could accept hearing that if I got some truth mixed in to a point where it was useful. You know, and I, I don't I don't feel like he's still hanging on to the the uh, 
the flexibility that they have, the freedom they have moving forward, and how profitable that's going to be. How about while we're young? You know, when's it going to be that? Well, what Larry's doing is he's, he's, I don't want to say personally, trying to take away somebody like Canzano's uh, credibility, but but that's essentially what he's trying to do. He's saying, well, that's fake news. That, that didn't exist. Uh, we're doing fine. And, in fact, our, our vision is going to pay off in 2022. Mm. I mean, that's that's what he's selling. He's, he's, he doesn't view the, the truth as an asset, Gordon. He views, uh, well, our, our vision, I guess, of the truth as the enemy. Well, I, I just, I'm not, I'm trying to find room to believe what Larry is saying. And I, 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 I haven't seen it in the past, and I'm not sure I see it in the future. As he talks about these things, what is going to attract uh, interest and money in the future uh, that's different from what we've seen in the past? What's going to make it different? Are these other platforms that he's talking about going to be so hungry for programming that they're going to pe- shovel out a bunch of money for it? Well, that's that's what he's always played. And I, I bought into it at, at the beginning. We talked about this the other day, is that they're going to have 100% of their rights and they can go sell that to, you know, or a portion of that to whoever they want. Maybe it's but Amazon, some, maybe some... maybe it's Twitter, maybe it's Facebook, you know, maybe it's uh, ESPN streaming platform. I don't know, but that's that's what they're saying. The, the, the tertiary rights to the Pac-12 games, which is what the Pac-12 basically airs, I mean, there's not a tremendous amount of value in that, I wouldn't think, or at least not value that you can go out and add more. I mean, he's got to be talking about the streaming rights, and they do own 100% of that. So how do you parlay that? And how much are they actually worth? Well, weren't they going to team up with some network in China? <laughs> uh, I think there were talks of that, yeah. Isn't that why uh, – uh, who's the middle ball? Not Lonzo. It was a Lamelo. Angelo is the young one. It was Lamelo, wasn't he over there? They were in China when he stole those sunglasses, and That's right. that was part of the whole Pac-12 That's, Chinese yep. market thing that was going on, right? Yep. Boy, I don't know I, if that was selling all their streaming to a to a Chinese company. I don't know if that was ever on the table. I don't want to slander anybody here. All I know is when I hear these questions asked of Larry Scott, I feel like they're interviewing guy selling Dr. Goods, you know, uh, some kind of ointment that's going to make you feel better. But, I, I just, but don't you I, feel that way when you're interviewing anyone, anyone to a certain extent? And he is defensive, but this is the way he's always been. Every interview I've ever heard with him. I, I've never heard him step up to the plate and just drive something right over the center field fence. Well, he's not uh, playing left-handed against little kids. <laughs> it was who such did a, that? Who did that? It was, it was such a sweet hit. It, it, I mean, I just drilled it right down the right field line, and it was. And those six-year-olds bawled. It was six year olds. They cried, and and Gordon got back in his Trans Am and went back to high school. <laughs> 
Not true. They're waiting for me at Burger King. I, I myself was young at the time. Some friends of mine asked me to play baseball, and they were a year younger, so they told me I had to bat left-handed, and uh, I hit a grand slam. Oh, Not a chance. I still, they, listen, I swear to you, this is true. Not a chance. I swear. You guys have trust issues. You know, I wonder I why. I got a letter from Casey Case. He said I'm a fan. I did get an invitation to go to the Playboy Mansion. I got taught how to play polo by Juice Newton. The stories that I tell are 99.5% 100% factual. <laughs> every one of those stories, every one of those stories was absolutely true. Unlike Larry Scott. None of the details in the stories were maybe embellished. Like the story no. is, is true maybe, but it wasn't Juice Newton that taught you how to play polo. No, it was Juice Newton. And you, weren't, and you weren't a year older in this case. You were, like, babysitting the kids, and they invited you to play. <laughs> Not true. Not Did true. you truck the catcher at home in the inning before? <laughs> Quick, we got to get this game in before your mom gets home. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Not true at all. It was such a – it was really a good pitch. But it was one I could hit, and I just drove that sucker. And, and they uh, cried and cried. <laughs> and then I took their lollipop. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, yeah. Taking away my life's highlights. The, the pitcher had just gotten his training wheels off. He was excited <laughs> to ride his bike home after the game. <laughs> and then I went and got my trans <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Stay tuned. More Big Show next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, by the way, Lloyd's on board for our idea for Austin. We just got the thumbs up. No, you good. did not. We okay. totally did. We just got the thumbs up. No, you didn't. We're good. If Lloyd says happened. it's a go, it's a go. Time for Austin's list. I'm going to go. Where Austin has an enemies list, and uh, <laughs> he adds uh, people to it throughout the week. Uh, it's time for Austin's list. I, I understand we have a couple today. Yeah, uh, I couldn't decide between the two, so I thought I'd share both of them because they both uh, have me equally incensed, uh, is the word, I believe. Uh, first of all, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. Uh, there's several things that bother me about this person, including his nickname. Ravens defensive coordinator Don Wink Martindale. Wink. Which I guarantee he gave it, did that nickname to himself and demands that the players call him Wink. Because hmm. he's a weird coach. How do you know coach. that? Because he's a coach. And they're all <laughs> egomaniacs. Anyway, he expressed anger when the Bengals kicked the late field goal to avoid a shutout this past weekend against Baltimore. Losing the game 27-3 to uh-huh. to the Ravens. Uh-huh. Uh, the, he got mad, was asked for his reaction after the game, and said, quote, They knew what my reaction was. It was awful quiet when I yelled it across the field. 
we'll have plenty to talk about the next time we play them, which will be week 17 in Cincinnati. you got to be kidding me. So, he's the defensive coordinator. His defense has pitched a shutout until the final drive in the fourth quarter where the Bengals converted two fourth-and-one tries during that drive and then kicked a a three-point field goal, obviously, and this guy is losing his mind over that. This is just the same as the baseball people who get mad at a bat flip or who get mad at a bunt when when you're up 12 or whatever or or down what you know stupid stuff if you what would be more insulting is if the Bengals just quit and didn't uh-huh. play as the defensive coordinator he should use this moment to get mad at his players and say why did you play all but the last minute and a half of this game you got to do better here. next week here here you know what this was, wink you know what this reminds me of Austin and I I agree with you here is is the Bengals were the only wrestler to beat Hans his senior year <laughs> in wrestling. Have you ever heard this story the Gordon? The Bengals? It, no. it, okay. Um and Hans has told this on the air before so I I, I feel all right telling it. Uh, it wasn't in Boise, was it's it? It's really kind of a a bad story I guess, but um so Hans was was wrestling a guy and he he dominated uh, the the heavyweight division in Idaho wrestling the entire year, and so he got kind of bored, and so he he put in a legal uh, uh, hold on this dude, and then like told the guy said pin yourself. Like <laughs> I picked up herpes from some guy in in uh, Boise. Uh, I can't remember what the hold was, Lloyd. You might be able to remember. Do you remember what the hold was? Where, where he told the guy, he said, uh, uh, you know, basically he said, pin yourself or I'm going to break your arm. Oh. And, uh, and uh, well, he won. Did he break the guy's arm? He, Hans won because, uh, no, not Hans. The other guy won because Hans was disqualified because, oh. yeah, that, that arm gave way. Oh, no. <laughs> that arm gave way and, and Hans was, was disqualified. And so that's that's like the 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 Ravens guy was telling the Bengals pin yourself, give up. Yeah. Don't don't I know you're you're you've you've lost and gotten creamed right off the field but uh, don't have any self-respect to put points on the board. Pin, exactly what pin this yourself was. essentially. That's a perfect analogy. But in this Instead, case they broke their arm. Yeah, in this case that kid actually beat hands. It would be like <laughs> You know what I mean? Wow. Why uh, a question? Uh, was the, what whatever Hans did to break the kid's arm was it an illegal move? Yeah, that's why he was disqualified. That's what I'm saying. For sure. I mean, so you know, because those things can happen sometimes uh, in the course of uh, real competition. Yeah, but what then? Why didn't why did Hans say to the kid, "Pin yourself"? Or lose an arm. I mean, he, he, so, it, was, so kid, it wasn't good enough to pin the kid. The kid had to really humiliate himself by pinning himself. <laughs> so so the kid uh, ratted him out, huh? No, the arm, his arm broke. I, I Everybody know, knew I, exactly what was going on. There wasn't much mystery to it. The kid didn't sell anybody else. They heard him say it? I don't know if they heard him say it. Hans admitted to saying it. What are you talking about? Did they hear, hear him say it? What well, are you, just are you defending hands here? Because this no, is no, not, I'm just saying not sometimes a, guys get injured when they're wrestling, and they, uh, hands could have done it more subtly. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not Wink Martindale that. needs to chill. And, yes, and, I, and, I agree. And learn that sports goes to the final whistle. Also, real quick, we're going to talk more about this movie tonight on the Movie Zone, which is on Thursday nights. 
uh, just in case everyone forgets. Uh, and uh, it's Hubie Halloween. It's the latest Adam Sandler. It's on Netflix. And by all accounts, it's reportedly harmless. It's great family fun, and it's just stupid. You, and But you can waste 90 minutes of your time. Well, a woman named Elena Pinto... She is a show host on seven, a noon, a formerly a, a morning and noon anchor, rather, at 7 News in Boston. She tweeted, Hi, friends. I have some news to share. Earlier this week, I was let go from 7 News. I am posting this because I want to be open and honest with all of you. Last year, I participated in a cameo in the recently released Netflix movie by Adam Sandler, Hubie Halloween. In doing so, I mistakenly violated my contract with the station, blah, 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 blah. My future is bright. Thank you. On and on and on. So, 7 News, WDH, whatever, in Boston, fired this gal for being in this movie without their permission. Which then makes me think, okay, well, was it... Did she make, make like an inappropriate joke? Did she mock this, her employer? No. She is just in the movie for about six and a half seconds as a news anchor in a costume from the waist up. Fully clothed, fully long sleeve everything. And they fired her simply because she did not get written permission to be in the film before wow. she was in the film. Hmm. And that that's that's egregious. That what Can't you just say... Hey, by the way, you're not supposed to do this. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you need to now do a, a couple days suspension or something. You have to fire the girl? All she did was star in a six-second cameo. It isn't even credited in the in the credits on the movie. Seems a bit extreme. It does, and it bothers me. So, Seven News in Boston, you're on the list. Oh. Seven News in Boston, I'm coming for you. You watch yourself. You made yourself. the list. <laughs> Gordon makes all sorts of movies he hasn't gotten in trouble for yet. <laughs> or credit for it. Or credit for that either, yeah. Well, I I, I think that's uh, kind of, they may have the legal right to do that, but I, that not that, uh, that, that's just a little too much. Yep, that's why yeah. I bothered him, for all sure. Right. Yep. Making the list. I got you. Seven uh, News in Boston and Wink. Our friend Papa P texts me. He said the the hold was uh, I don't know if uh, Papa P is remembering the story, but says the hold was the chicken wing <laughs> that hands had going. And you now know, it's a boneless old, chicken wing. The old chicken wing, and then uh, a broken arm and disqualification. Only the, only match he lost in his, his senior year in high school. Well, Hans is such a nice guy. Was he a bully when he was a kid? Hans is, is that... a bully now. What are you talking He's not about? A bully. He's not a bully. Hans Olsen. Yeah. He's like openly a bully. No, he's not. Not really. He, th he talked about how his uh, talent competitions with his brother in their family always ends in enhance in violence. Enhance basically manhandling his brother. Well, it's just because you're a little violent doesn't mean you're a bully. But that that behavior is like <laughs> you you open up the dictionary and look up bully, and it's like yeah that that that's an example right there. He doesn't really bully. He's not a bully. He just is physical. Oh, does Hans have pictures of you doing something you shouldn't have? And there are so many. Hey, man, Hans and I disagree on some things. I'm just, I'm, st I'm sticking up for him on this. There point. are I... so many great Hans bully stories that are out there that are unairable, but are like class. If they're writing a manual on how to be a bully, like they would include these stories. And, and to be fair, Hans was bullied as a child. He was, yes. So he's, you know, giving away. That's probably where the picking on his brother comes in. Mm. Okay. He bullies his well, brother to let him use his Netflix account. That is funny. And then he, he tricks his brother into picking up the tab. 
for the fights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is pretty I funny. Believe. All right, stay tuned. Sam Amick joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.